Hey, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe with another edition of the NAIF Ball Podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. That's right. Our friends at AdCraft USA have stepped up their game to become the presenting sponsors of our podcast and live show. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping, and helping your customers if they have questions so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com and adcraftwebstores.com. All right, in tonight's show, we start off with Marion head coach Mark Henninger. Coach, how are you tonight? Doing great. So doing great. Just, uh, you know, we just kind of finished up finished up the semester, kind of we've got everything kind of in line for, you know, where we wanted to be recruiting-wise and, and just things around the office right now are really kind of starting to slow down. So, um, you know, really – uh, trying to cash in as much as we can on the downtime before things get cranked up here before you know it. I know it's been such a short off season. It feels weird to be starting June. That's actually one of the questions I, I had for you. You brought up recruiting. Um, how how did y'all balance having that spring season with uh, you know traditional recruiting period? Yeah, well, obviously nothing was traditional, right? I mean, it, it, uh, it went. Uh, it, it was kind of crazy. We. I think we really we kind of had a plan. Um, you know, we, we wanted to be as close to finished on signing day, um, you know, as as we could be. And we honestly, you know, our, our coaches did really did a fantastic job. The the university did a great job of understanding kind of the you know the time crunch we were under. And, and um, you know, I, th- I think we signed a really good class. And, and for the most part, we had everybody locked up and, and, uh, and done by that, you know, early February day. So, um, and then it kind of, as the season went on, we had, you know, you, you don't have recruits at your games. You have your committed players kind of coming to, you know, coming to games. And, um, you know, we, we added a couple of guys, you know, just through the course of the season and, you know, like you always do, but, but really as, as, uh, you know, thinking back to, you know, last you know this time last year really being nervous about um you know having to potentially play a football season in the spring and um you know and handling recruiting all at the same time but i think our guys really did you know did a great job we took advantage of of not playing last fall um kind of got ahead of the game a little bit um you know really got after it, you know, over, you know, the, the Christmas break, December, early January. And, and, uh, you really found ourselves in a pretty good spot, uh, you know, come, you know, come February. And, um, you know, fortunately we were able to get, you know, fortunately we were able to get ahead, which allowed us to sign a pretty good class. Coach, I got to ask you, uh, you know, a, a big thing for NAI teams, um, you know, some are fortunate, some aren't, um, are you guys available to keep any guys on campus this summer to get, you know, some, you know, summer conditioning work? I know you guys, you know, allow a certain amount of contact with them. And uh, just do, do some of your guys stay over the summer? I know that's huge for some guys. Yeah, we, we've got a great, you know, obviously being in Indianapolis, we have, we have a pretty, pretty good advantage. Um, you know, a lot of our, um, we do have a fair amount of our, our roster is, you know, what I would call local, you know, within an hour of our campus and, and, um, uh, but this, I mean, we had a, a 
bigger commitment um, from the guys that are outside of that bubble uh, to stay. I mean, so we've got our, you know, our weight rooms open or our strength staff is, is, you know, running the workouts. And, and I think we're, you know, right now we're averaging probably, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of um, 60, 65 guys there a day, um, you know, spread out over, over a couple of different times. And then, um, you know, now that the high schools are starting to get out, we'll start having a lot of those incoming freshmen, you know, coming to join the workouts. So, um, you know, we're pretty fortunate. We've got, you know, um, like I said, being, you know, being in Indianapolis and having a lot of guys close and, and, uh, you know, a lot of our guys, you know, the older players, um, you know, they work it out. So they, you know, they take their internships and all that during the summer that allows them to stay. And, um, you know, our university does a good job of, of supporting some guys to, you know, allowing them to, to live in the dorms and, um, you know, keep the off-campus housing and all that kind of stuff going. So, um, you know, we're, we're in a pretty good spot with, you know, with, with our guys currently in the weight room. Coach, uh, just going to go back through a little bit of, of last season and uh, how that went. Y'all start off with a couple of, of good wins there against Trinity and uh, against Taylor. Um, then you come to, you know, the first game of, of what is the Mid-States Mid-East Gauntlet, and you go over to Ann Arbor, and you have just a heck of a game against Concordia. Uh, you, you know, you, you go, you know, for over 400 yards on offense, and unfortunately you just come away short on that one. Um, what, was your, what was your locker room like after, after that? Well, we were really disappointed. You know, I mean, we, we felt um, obviously Concordia is a great football team, and um, you know, you go back and and you know, really watching that game afterwards, um, you know, didn't didn't help it any. I mean, we we left a lot of points on the field, and and um, you know, made some you know made some some mistakes, and and uh, you know, obviously when you do that against a great team, you're you're going to pay for it, and they made us pay for it. So, you know, we certainly had opportunities to win. Um, you know, but but I, I do feel like you know we learned some lessons with that. We were a really young football team this year, and um, you know that that allowed us. I think you know we really kind of. Um, I think we became a better football team after that game, without question. And, and so you know, hopefully those are lessons that we learned um, that will carry over you know through the off season and obviously on into on into this year. But uh, you know, we were you know obviously we don't you know we don't. Um, Fortunately, we don't we don't lose a lot, you know, and and uh, our guys were you know we were, we were really disappointed with uh, um, with the loss, and, and you know it's the second you know last time we went up there we kind of lost um, really the same you know kind of the same way you know had had an opportunity to kick a field goal and, you know, this year was to uh, to win the football game and and you know the inst- we had the ball inside the ten yard line and, and pushed the kick to the right and you know last time we were up there in 2017 we had the opportunity to to tie the football game up with a, about a kick in the exact same spot down the exact same end zone. So I don't know if they, um, they built that field on like a haunted, <laughs> you know, there's some sort of a cursed ground right there or something, but, uh, um, you know, they, they played well, they played better than we did and, and uh, made, you know, more plays than we made. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's how it goes while you play the games, right? Absolutely. And after a win against Indiana Wesleyan, you have, Three weeks of no contest COVID games. What what do you do in with three weeks of nothingness to yeah, get ready for was, St. Francis? 
It was crazy. I mean, it was, it was crazy, you know, just really honestly, it really was because, you know, it, it didn't feel like fall, obviously playing in the winter and in the spring. Um, but you know, our first four games went off without a hitch, you know, and, and, um, you know, we're, you know, playing and traveling and, um, you know, really it, it, uh, you know, we got into that routine, you know, you got into that, you know, the, just, you know, you got as coaches and, and the game planning and, and just kind of the routine that you get into in the season, we got into that. And your players were just starting to get into the in-season routine. And then, you know, we get a call on a, I think it was, it was a Wednesday when, you know, when the, the first game got canceled and, you know, so you're already into game prep, you're already into practice. And, um, you know, once that kind of happened, we, we, you know, okay, let's, you know, give our guys a couple of days off. Let's get ready for Siena Heights the following week, which obviously is always a big game. And, um, and, uh, you know, once we got, we got going in that and then, you know, the Siena Heights, you know, just kind of, um, you know, that whole situation, you know, obviously they were put in a really tough spot, but you know, that game didn't get canceled until, you know, it was nine 30 on Friday night before we we're supposed to play. And, um, you know, we had players on our team that were already in bed asleep, um, didn't find out about it till the next morning, you know? And so, um, you know, so that was crazy, but you know, you, you went through a normal, you know, a normal game week only to get to Friday night and find out the game's been canceled in the following week. Um, it's kind of the same thing. I got, you know, I got a call, you know, right as we're walking out to practice on Tuesday, you know, from, you know, the next team saying that they're not coming down. So it, um, you know, we were preparing, you know, we spent, you know, we're, we were getting ready to, to play games. So like we were, you were in that, you know, game practice type mode and, and, uh, um, and all that. And then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. And then, and then, you know, St. Francis is on the schedule and, and, um, you know, obviously, you know, we, we had a pretty good feeling that that game was not going to get canceled. And, and, but then you start looking at it and it's like, we went 28 days you know, without playing a game, you went, we went 28 days without tackling anybody or going live or anything like that. So it was just, um, it was just bizarre, you know, and, and, you know, that game, obviously St. Francis is, you know, I, you know, stand by this. I mean, it's the, it's the greatest rivalry in, in all of college football right now, in my opinion. And, and, um, you know, and we had, uh, you know, we had 28 days of, <laughs> you know, in season thud practices going into that game. So, um, it was crazy, you know, but our guys did a great job I and mean, they handled it. You know, just kind of let everything roll off their backs. And, you know, we kept preaching them, okay, control what you can control. We have no control over anything else outside of our program. Let's control what we can control. And, and, uh, and our guys, they, you know, to their credit, they did, they did a fantastic job being, you know, just being young kids and, and, you know, all of that. And, and just, you know, they handled it so well. Coach, you know, you've been at Marion, you know, approaching you're you're closely approaching a decade here pretty soon and uh you know me and Corey, we watched that saint francis game and we agree with you that is the best rivalry in college football but one thing i do want to talk about you said you had a young team this past year but it feels like that identity of marion exists no matter who's on the field and when i watched you guys late in that game getting a double tight end set and just you know, just take control of that game late. Um, just just talk about maybe the identity of you guys being able to just always run the ball when it matters. We really pride ourselves on being a physical football team, and that's, you know, on, on both sides of it. You know, we, we want to be able to run the football on offense and, 
and uh, we want to be able to stop the run on defense. And I, I think that you know that's that's kind of that's been the identity of Marion you know, before I got there. It's it's certainly you know been the identity um, you know during the, the years that I've been here is you know, we want to be physical. You know, we pride ourselves on being physical. Um, you know we work you know really hard in the off season and and uh, you know we get after it and that's you know we, we practice physical and. and you know, so that's, you know, that, that is the identity. And, and obviously, you know, um, you know, again, to our, our coaches credit to, you know, the, the leaders, you know, of our, of our football team, you know, the, the seniors and the captains and, and, um, you know, to those guys, like they, you know, that's, that's just something that gets driven home and that's, um, that's who we are and, and that's the type of football that we play. And, um, you know, so that, that's been, you know, you, you want to, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to win games, you obviously, you know, normally those playoff games are, you know, you, the weather is getting worse, you know, and, and not getting better like it was this year, but like, you know, Hey, if you're going to play, you know, if you're going to play late into November and into December and, and you, you're here in the Midwest, you're going to get some, you're going to get some weather. So you better be able to run the football and you better be able to stop the run. And, um, you know, those are two things that we really hang our hat on. And, you know, for the most part, our guys did a pretty good job of that this year. Coach, I, I didn't want to forget about this. Congratulations on making it, um, you know, to that 100 win uh, mark in your career. Um, you know, the that's that's definitely an accomplishment. Um, you you said that you had a lot coming back. You're you're right here. Uh, you, you know, you've got a lot of a lot of players that are coming back. A couple of o, o linemen, uh, Jacob Pressler and Ben Stevens at uh, at receiver. Um, you know, Anton Berry at, at tight end. Um, you know, we talked last year about having to, to replace a quarterback, um, you know, and, and you had one at the ready at Frankie Young. What, um, what's, what's your, what excites you about your offense next year? Well, I think the, the exciting thing really for me starts up front and, and, um, you know, we've, we've got playmakers, we've got athletes and all that, but, you know, obviously last going, you know, coming out of last year, um, you know, we had, we, we graduated, I mean, really four of our, of our five starting offensive linemen graduated from last year. I mean, one of the guys was unable to return due to an injury, but, you know, we went into this year with, um, having to replace four spots up on the offensive line. And, and, you know, like I just got done saying, we really pride ourselves on being physical and, and great in the trenches on both sides of the football. And, and, um, you know, we walked out this year with, you know, we started three true freshmen um, and two, you know, three true freshmen, a true sophomore and a redshirt sophomore. Um, you know, that was our offensive line this year. So, I mean, those guys, I mean, they got literally got better and better and better every single week of the year. I mean, so, um, you know, now, you know, those guys all return with, you know, with eight games of experience, starting experience under their belt. And, um, you know, they, they're, you know, getting a true summer lifting and, um, you know, so I'm really excited, you know, about that group there. I mean, it was, um, you know, so, so young and, and, you know, just watching those guys, you know, the things that they could do and communicate across the board and, things that they could handle and pick up and all that. I mean, watching them, you know, late in the year compared to where they were early in the year, I mean, it was a night day difference. So um, really excited about that group, uh, having them come in and, you know, have a summer to develop. And then um, obviously, you know, a camp to, to get that group up and running. And, and um, you know, so I'm really excited about that group. And then, 
you know, we had, you know, a lot of, we had a couple of true freshmen playing tailback that, you know, are going to be, you know, pretty explosive guys. And, and, um, you know, and then we have, you know, we do have the experience coming back again with Anton Barry being, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be going into his, you know, his third year as a starter. He's an all conference guy coming back and, um, you know, really, you know, super bright football player that, you know, as a guy that, you know, you'll have him, you know, anchoring the end of the offensive line with, you know, with Darren Dillon, our most expense, our most experienced offensive lineman in the middle. So um, I, I think we've got like the right combination there of, of young guys gaining experience. And then you've got your two veteran guys kind of, you know, in, in key spots there. And so really excited about that group. You know, then obviously, you know, you mentioned, you know, Ben Stevens and Press and, uh, you know, we've got some really, you know, some talented, you know, young receivers that are coming up as well. And so, um, you know, but really the thing I'm most excited about with that offense is, is what's happening up front. Coach, uh, these will be the last two questions for me. And one of them you do not have to answer if you don't want. That's why I'm giving a second <laughs> one. Uh, the, the first one is, uh, you know, I really enjoyed a couple years ago, uh, you guys played an uh, inner city program that you shared the same city with, Division Two school. Uh, one, would you be interested in maybe continuing that series if, if schedules aligned right or if they were interested? I, you know, I know you can only control one side of that. And then the second question is, Coach, I just, just talk about just the Mid-States Football Association and just the gauntlet you guys play week in, week out, especially on the Mid-East side that you guys are in. Um, you know, you should probably have no trouble getting your guys ready to play just, just talk about like this. It, it's just so interesting. It's the best conference in football, in my opinion, is NAI football. Uh, just maybe talk about just, just the mid states. Yeah, for sure. With uh, you know, with the other one, yeah. I mean, we we will play. You know, that's the. It's crazy, honestly, to to think about it. But you know, the last time we played that other school, uh, it, it was dude, that's the last time we played a non-conference game outside of the playoff. I mean, so we we just have such a hard time finding games. In fact. We're, we're trying to find, you know, a game for, you know, for September 4th, this upcoming year, you know, and, and it's just, uh, it's just such a challenge where we are geographically with, you know, the way the NAIA is spread out and, you know, the, the ones that are close to us have, they're in mega leagues that, you know, they just play each other. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, we, we would love to play. There's, there's two college football teams here in the city of Indiana or three, um, college football teams here in the city of Indianapolis. And we'd love to play them, you know, really, really would. And, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's such a good, it was such, when we did play that team, it was such a good thing for, you know, really for high school football here in Indiana. That's why, you know, the, our rivalry with St. Francis is such a special rivalry because, you know, our roster is predominantly Indiana kids. Their roster is predominantly Indiana kids. I mean, you know, you're playing, you know, our players are playing against, you know, former high school teammates and former high school rivals. And they all know each other. And, and it was the same thing with our neighbors here. So, um, so obviously, yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, such a, such a, just the electric atmosphere and um, such a highly anticipated game. And, you know, it'd be, it'd be a great game. Now that the one negative to that is that you're adding another great team to an already great schedule. You know, I mean, our, our you know, you mentioned it with, you know, with the league, especially on our side of the league, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's loaded, you know, I mean, there's, you, you got to show up every week to play and, we love our league because, you know, one of the tenets of our program is being competitive, you know, and, and you know, we really hang our hat on being competitive and being a competitor. And, 
you know, we stress that all the time to our guys and, and, um, and our, we have a schedule that reflects that. I mean, you have to be ultra competitive and, and really enjoy competing because if you show up on Saturday and don't compete, you're going to get beat in our league. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no question it's been proven, you know? And so I mean, we, we do, we love the league. I mean, obviously it puts us, I think it's, you know, you're playoff ready when you get into it. And, and, um, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're coaching or playing football, I mean, I think you want to go up and measure yourself up against the best. And, and, uh, in our league, we feel like, you know, we really feel like that we do that on a weekly basis, you know, and, and, um, you know, between, you know, us and St. Francis and, you know, Indiana Wesleyan as, you know, for a young program is, you know, that's just a banger every time you go play them, you know, then you got, you know, Concordia and Siena Heights up in Michigan. And, you know, so, you know, there's, you know, right there, I mean, there's five of the best teams in the country, um, you know, all located within four hours of one another and it makes the fall fun. You know, I mean, those getting ready to play games and, and, um, you know, you got to bring everything you got every week. Coach, we all, we all know that if, if football was an all year round sport, you'd, you'd have people hanging around with injuries all over creation. How are y'all dealing with a compressed off season and, yeah. and, and balancing the time off that folks need to recover versus trying to, install with new players and all that fun stuff yeah it's been um it's funny because we've kind of we've kind of gone back and forth honestly like um you know when this time you know last fall you know as we were looking ahead to okay the potential is there for us to play you know eight games here in the you know in the spring and then you know we always plan on playing a lot deeper in the playoffs than we did this year you know, you're like, and then you got to get a quick turnaround and, you know, you're opening up again in September, back in camp in August. And, you know, really how are our players going to recover? And, and, um, you know, so we put a lot of time into, you know, the, the, the different off season workouts. And obviously you've got your incoming players that, you know, those guys are trying to develop and trying to lift heavy and put weight on. You got, you know, your guys that just got done playing a season. They, some of those guys need to be in full recovery mode. Other guys that are kind of, you know, kind of in, in the middle and, um, and really what we found is, is when, when we went 28 days without playing a football game, 28 days without going live, I, I do think that we are more healthy right now coming out of this spring season than we are most years coming out of spring practice. You know, I mean, our, um, you know, our playoff game was April 17th and, you know, if we were having spring football, our spring game would have been April 24th, you know, and then, so um, we actually had one more week of recovery, getting ready for exams, you know, weeks just where you're just in the training room and out of the weight room and, and all that than we normally have. So, um, you know, and then with, you know, with injuries, I mean, I think we were, you know, obviously you don't, you don't really have total control over that, but we were fortunate this, this spring where, you know, we really only had one injury. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's like, you go back and think about the years that we, you know, when we have spring practice, our, you know, our spring practices here, I mean, they're, you know, they're physical, you know, we're going live periods every spring practice and, and, you know, just, I mean, we're playing football, you know, three times a week. And then you get to the season here and it's, you know, we went 28 days without a game, you know, and then we played St. Francis, which obviously that's going to be a physical, that's going to take a physical toll on your team. And then, you know, Reinhardt, obviously they're, you know, they're super physical and that was it, you know I mean? So, you go back and you think about it, and obviously we went for a lot longer than we normally do in the spring. Even though we're playing football, you know, our normal, you know, January and February is, you know, getting up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and, you know, lifting and getting after it, you know, five days a week. And, you know, that's not exactly off time, 
you know, so we really look at it right now as we think our players are, you know, healthier now um, than we would be if we would have had spring practice, you know, and again, I think, you know, there's a lot of factors into that. We're fortunate and, you know, had we not had three games canceled, it probably would be, you know, I'd feel differently about it, um, you know, but really that you know, we had a nice break there in the middle of our season that, uh, you know, allowed our guys to, you know, recover and, and, and all that. So, you know, obviously, you know, I, I guess ask me that same question, you know, in November, December, and, and I'll be able to tell you, but, um, you know, where we are right now looking at things, we, we really feel like, you know, I, I think we're, you know, we're healthier now than we normally are. And you know, so our off season, we, we kind of, scrapped a lot of the plans that we had and we were just okay you know we're going to move ahead like we normally would be and um you know so far things have been going great well coach we appreciate you coming on the show tonight can't wait to see some some football um coming coming up in the fall and uh you know like like you said you know franciscan bowl is is one of the best if not the best rivalry in college football it's one that that i'm looking forward to, to coming up and, and seeing at some point uh and and just taking that in well, they, they come to our place this year. We'd love to have you on the sidelines. That'd be fun. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, guys, and a little two for action tonight. Uh, we now have Bethel, Kansas, head coach Terry Harrison. Coach, how you doing tonight? Doing great, man. Excited to talk to you guys and, uh, and appreciate everything you guys have done for, uh, for NAI football. I know our kids appreciate it. Our parents appreciate it. Um, just Counting down the days, right? Didn't, didn't have much of a layout till next season starts, so we can't wait. Not no, sir, Coach. We are 86 days away to week zero. <laughs> um, anyways, let's go ahead and get started. Coach, I know when we talked to you last year, we talked about how you were just building something special, and boy, did that come to fruition this fall and this spring. Um, you won the first KCACC championship for uh, Bethel College, you and your program for the first time since 2007. Why don't you just talk about how just special this year was and bringing home some hardware? Um, you know, so so many layers to that. Hard to describe it, you know, briefly. But, you know, being a former high school football coach, um, came to work for one of my good friends, who's the athletic director at Bethel College, and, and not necessarily knowing, you know, being new to recruiting, being new to college football, and, and that not necessarily being the plan, uh, you know, growing up as a coach. So, you know, just that commitment that Bethel made to me and my family and all my friends and our coaching staff. And then, you know, when we were recruiting a bunch of players to, quite honestly, an unproven coach at an unproven school um, where it really wasn't cool to come to Bethel College and then now to see all those guys, you know, win a conference championship, um, you know, making that trip down to Kentucky, playing a, just a, such a quality Lindsey Wilson team. And, and quite honestly, we felt like, you know, going toe-to-toe with them and giving them a great shot. Um, so it, it was fun for that. That experience was awesome. And, and quite honestly, what, what we hope is, it, is that that experience can, um, can help our program improve as much as the previous year did. Uh, we just, you know, nothing but up for our program and just proud of our team and proud of our parents. And um, I said that that was probably the coolest part of the season was not just the season, but knowing the three years previous, like what it took to get there. And that's uh, that's what I'm most proud of, and I'll remember most. Coach, the uh, prevailing thought of a triple option flex bone offense is that you're going to be grinding it out three yards in a cloud of dust, the most boring version of football. That's not what we saw at all 
out of Bethel's offense, 43.5 points per game, almost 450 yards of offense per game. Um, how on earth do you improve on an offense next year that was so dominant? Yeah, you know, well, I think it's probably the most misunderstood offense in all of football. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but my high school career, I think um, in my years as a high school head football coach, we averaged like 43 points a game. So, I mean, it's not new to me. Uh, um, I think it's the most dynamic and, and toughest offense to defend that you can do. Obviously, is why we choose to do it. You know, what we probably take the most pride in is we, we recruit dynamic wide receivers. And I think we have two of the best in the country that play for anybody. We just happen to, you know, run the triple option. But when you have our receivers that can, you know, catch touchdown passes and beat, beat threats downfield, with uh, all the running backs we have and the quarterback threats we have, we just think we're really tough to defend. Um, and now that we've got, you know, we're returning um, four or five offensive linemen, and they're all going to be three and four year starters. I just think it's a, you know, it's a tough group of guys to defend. They're all in on the offense. Um, they love what we do, and it all ties together our defense. It's just a, you know, it's a little bit of a program identity. And you know, how do you improve? It's, it, it, you know, in the end, it's about winning. So that's how we'll judge ourselves. But uh, you know, we're always tweaking and, and adapting the offense to make sure we're giving our guys the best chance to be successful. But, no, you're right. It, it is, you know, it is an explosive offense. And it. And I think our, our dimension of, of receivers, we could take shots to um, make it a little more complex than what you see, you know, on some Friday nights and, and maybe with some other teams across the country that, that run this stuff. Coach, uh, you know, for me, when, you know, when the, the normal average Joe watches a triple option team, they get caught up in just the theatrics of it, whether it's uh, the timing of the mesh point, uh, the pitches, whatnot. You know, I get caught up in the offense line, one, because I'm an offense line guy. And you just said you have four of your five guys returning. What, what's, what's the practice like for those guys, uh, you know, to get up to the second level and, you know, make sure their timing's right helping out for, with you guys? What's the practice like for those offense linemen? Well, you know, I think one thing that surprises people is we're really not that physical at practice. You know, we do a lot of technique work. I actually coach the offensive line myself. So, you know, we really work hard on footwork, you know, playing with great angles and pad level and all those things and, and really knowing what your assignment is. Um, but we tell, you know, our kids, tough as a choice. We think our kids are as tough as nasty up front as anybody in the country. Um, but we really don't bang that much at practice. We, 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 let our, we take care of their bodies that way on Saturday. You know, you get, you get every bit of them. You know, and I think obviously our guys are a little undersized. You know, we're, we're not the biggest offensive line. We recruit mobility. Um, and I think, you know, as a former high school coach, is what I tell all the high school coaches out there is, um, you know, that that's who we want. We want that undersized. I had the, you know, I had big, big time O-line when I was a high school coach that went to some pretty big schools. Um, but maybe I had a better offensive lineman at the time, but he just wasn't 6'5", 300 pounds. And those are the kids we recruit. And I think that's kind of been the, you know, I don't know if the secret's the word, but those guys can play for us and they can play with an advantage in our scheme as opposed to being, you know, a hi-hat, you know, big kickstep O lineman with, with not very long arms. So, you know, I think it's that's kind of one of the things that, that make it special. And we can recruit a kid who who's uh, very physical and uh, plays with a great pad level but doesn't quite fit the mold of, you know, maybe some other schemes and it allows those guys like Keegan Martin to come to Bethel you know, and be a first-team All-American where, you know, maybe he doesn't fit a scheme, you know, somewhere else where they just pass one all the time. 
Coach, the KCAC was a little, um, they were a little strange this year when it came to football as compared to a lot of the other conferences out there in that the KCAC played a split fall spring season. Talk about how that ended up working out for y'all. Um, you know, I, I think it was a great, I think it was honestly one of the best plans that I saw, especially, man, you know, it's easy to look at it now and see some frustrating parts, but think about, you know, if we all think back to August when everybody was worried about it, if we, we were even playing a game or not, you know, I love the fact that, you know, we, we built that eight game schedule or nine, whatever it was with those flex dates to where if there were cancellations, you were able to push your, you know, push your games in the spring. You know, the most bizarre part was, you know, coming back and, having that Christmas break and then getting back and, um, you know, have a, we had a, a big, long, you know, spring practice start, whatever practice started the spring and a game, then two weeks off game, two weeks off playoff game. And, you know, I think it, it did, we had to be creative and we tried our best to, you know, shorten practice, but you know, those spring practices were, man, we were having hour long practices and they felt like three hours because it felt like really quite honestly, the season never ended. So, um, I'm very proud and love that we got to play, and I think uh, I think our conference did as good a job of any to you know give our kids that best opportunity. But I, I am certainly ready for a normal fall schedule, um, you know, with a normal cycle and spring ball. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I don't think there was a right or wrong. You know, some guys did only spring, some guys did only fall, and there's going to be flaws in every system. But I, I think the NEI as a whole, outside of our conference, um, I think everyone, you know, our, our our division did it better than anybody which allowed flexibility and, and for schools to do what's best for them. So I think, um, quite honestly, I think they set the standard for, um, for the rest of the divisions and all the, between NCAA and NEI on how to, how to handle, you know, that, you know, that bizarre you know, situation. Coach, uh, you know, the KCAC, which you guys are defending champs of, you know, is one of my favorite conferences. And one reason I'll tell you is so unique um, you know, when, when I played NAI football, we would have to get on a charter bus and take, you know, 12 to 14-hour road trips where you guys have schools right by each other that you easily get to and, you know, just natural rivalries right there. Can you just talk about just that experience that, you know, the travel time's not long there um, for, for some places and, you know, it, you probably run into these guys every now and then. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a little bizarre. You know, being a former high school guy, like to me, it was just it's just kind of football. You know, um, you know, for us, like going to Lindsey Wilson, that's a big deal. We're not used to traveling like that, and so that's why you know it, it was a good experience for us to you know make those make that overnight trip and have to deal with those you know deal with that you know sleeping in a hotel room as opposed to in your own bed and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, a lot of local teams and. You know, the cool part is we're all right down the road from each other, but, man, it is a melting pot, and there's players from all over the country, you know, from you know from Florida to California all the way up to, you know, the northern border and as far south as Brownsville, Texas, and they're all, they're all here in this conference. And, um, you know, I, I played in this conference. I played at Sterling College from 01 to 04, and um, I am just so proud of how competitive and tough our conference has gotten. Honestly, it's, you know, we've had schools winning playoff games. Um, you know, Kansas Wesleyan's done that. Um, this year, you know, I think we had teams that had legitimate shots to make it on, you know, on the outside looking in and, you know, we were able to compete at a really high level with Lindsay and, and they were just the best team in the country this year. And that's just kind of the way it was, but we're proud of the way we represent our conference. And, um, you know, I think the KCAC, the best, the best football for our conference is ahead of ourselves, but you, you're certainly right. Um, you play in our conference and you play these local games and, um, you know, it is short travel, but 
now. I'm telling you, it's getting you ready for a national playoff game now. And I think that's what um, I think other conferences are starting to notice that. And now, you know, we're, we're, until we split divisions, you know, we have one. You know, I, I think we always are going to have a legitimate case to get two teams in. So that's that, you know, that makes me proud for our entire conference. Coach, we'll talk about uh, the year that was a year ago. You, you roll through most of your, your season, putting up 70, 80 points on, on some of these teams over here. Talk about ending your season on, on what is a sour note and how that builds uh, some, some built-in chip on your shoulder. Um, yeah, you know, no one, only one team gets in with a win, right? And so when you don't do that, it causes you to reflect. You know, we, we've been working really hard and looking at what, what are some ways we can improve and make sure that we have a chance to win that game. Um, but, no, our, our kids are certainly hungry. I think uh, it's a little unique in that, like, you know, we're talking about 86 games until week, 86 days until week zero. So you get a pretty short turnaround to go to try to fix that, you know. But I can tell you our kids – um, you know, they play, they show up and play tomorrow. Somebody told us we had a game. So, you know, outside of that, we don't need a ton of motivation, but you know, our guys, our guys want to win at the highest level, you know, and, um, you know, people can't, our guys came to Bethel college with a chip on their shoulder and, and want to win where absolutely no one thought you could. And so the fact that we had an opportunity to play a playoff game and it didn't turn out the way we wanted, um, and we want to get right back in there and, and give ourselves that opportunity, knowing that, man, our commerce is so good. Um, the margin of room for error is so small that, man, we have to be ready to roll, you know, starting week one next year. And, um, man, we're, uh, I know our guys are on countdown and they're working really hard to that end. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely pumped and excited to see, you know, our team grow this next year. Coach, uh, you know, one, one thing I love asking you guys, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a big thing during the summer. Some schools are fortunate, some are not. Are you guys able to keep, are some guys able to stay on campus throughout the summer and get some extra conditioning in? I know everybody can't stay, but maybe some can. Are you guys housing any? Yeah, we have a handful. We have guys that are here. I mean, I couldn't even tell you the exact count, but close to 20 or so that are here and they're working. And, um, you know, I think it's one of the beauties of NEI football, right, is you um, you have that opportunity. We have so many kids from Texas and Oklahoma, California, and those guys are able to go home. And they're able to spend time with their families. And, um, you know, you hear a lot of times that when kids go out to play college football, they, they're they told that, you know, your coach owns you now. And that is certainly <laughs> not what our program is about. You know, our program is about family. And I think um, the way we treat our summers is a testament to that. We, we have a way, an app that we check in with our kids daily. We're able to see if they're getting their workouts in. And, you know, our kids are, you know, they're checking their marks. And then we're being able to basically keep weight room attendance in the summer. And our incoming guys, man, we're – Honestly, it's probably the best top-to-bottom recruiting class we've ever put together. Those guys were able to do the exact same workouts as our as our returners, and so we think we're going to be physically more prepared for the season than we've ever been, you know, because of technology, right? And, and the way our the strength coach that we have is able to connect with those guys virtually and, and through a and through an app. You know, it's such a crazy time to be alive, right? I didn't have that when I played. I had a packet that I couldn't follow, you know, but. Uh, but no, so we're we do have kids that are on campus and they're working out really hard in the evenings. You know, they have jobs during the day. They do live on they do live in the dorms. Um, and then our guys that are at home, man, they're able to check in daily with us. And uh, you know, Zoom wasn't fun, and it was a you know literally a four letter word, you know, during the whole COVID deal. But Zoom has changed the game too. And we're able to connect with kids that way. And so yeah, just a really cool time that our kids are able to be, go home and spend time with their families and friends that they had 
you know, in high school and growing up and then, you know, in, in, in their spare time and in the time they allot, they're able to uh, get ready for, um, you know, to chase another championship down. So pretty cool. Coach, we were talking before we hit the record button that y'all have an absolute ton of returning starters and almost every position group. The only one that, you know, really stands out is, is you're losing your, your, your quarterback uh, there, Zach Esau. What what segment of your team really excites you and why? Um, you know, I'll be selfish on that one. You know, my the offensive line. Uh, you know, it's a, it, it'll be the, the most veteran experienced offensive line I've ever coached. You know, and, I, and I've been coaching uh, since 2006. Um, and so I've never had this many returners with this much experience come back. Um, and so we've never been able to say our offensive line is the most experienced and, you know, most dynamic group on our team. But, you know, selfishly, I think they are. And I think, man, the improvement they made, they graded out higher in our spring. So our toughest part of our schedule was this spring. Um, and they graded out higher this spring than they did in the fall. And so they, they got better. And so I think if we're, they're able to do that, you know, on top of what you already mentioned, all the running backs and receivers coming back and our, our defense comes back, um, if everybody can improve to that level in our, in our offensive line, if we can lean on them like we really want to, um, I think the sky's the limit for this team. And, you know, in the end, it's going to come down to leadership. And, you know, it will be a, a new year. And, and if, our, if our guys can embrace whatever new challenge comes with that, you know, the challenge of being, you know, the returning champion as opposed to chasing that down, I mean, that, that's going to be that's going to be what this season about for us. So um, it's definitely not a talent issue or anything like that. It's going to be simply, you know, can we as a team and can our team culture, you know, manage being the expectations as opposed to being that kind of, uh, you know, underdog and newcomer. So that's our challenge as a program. Um, and I know as, as the head coach, I'm certainly excited for that. And I know our kids and our family, so I know they'll handle them really well. You know, but in the end, that's going to be up to our kids. And, uh, you know, to, to, the, to this point this summer, they've done nothing but, you know, do everything we've expected them to do. And so, you know, and then gelling in our newcomers, we do return a bunch of kids, but like I just told you, this incoming class is as good as we've ever had, you know, so there's going to be new kids that come in. There's kids that are back up, you know, we're twos this, this spring that, and they're knocking on the door of playing. Um, and these newcomers are going to come in and compete to play. And so, man, that, you know, competition makes you better. And, you know, our program is built on that competing every day. So it's, uh, man, it's going to be the best fall camp you know, that, that I've ever been a part of. And I, I can't wait for that. We're, we're talking about that as a staff every day. And, uh, man, what a it's, it's just a great time to be at Bethel College and to be a fan of Bethel College. And, um, you know, you have to wear your Father Abraham shirt at every one of your um, your shows this year because, uh, man, it's an exciting time to be here. Let's talk about Father Abraham real quick. That's something that I wanted to ask last year and ran out of time. You know, watching the Bethel games, that's that's there's not much cooler in the NAI than watching – a whole team of these big dudes coming up and around and singing Father Abraham, win or loss. Talk about that tradition, how it started, and, and what Father Abraham means to y'all. Yeah, well, we do it after we win, so we don't do it after losses. I'll say that. You know, we do it after wins, and it's a way to celebrate a win. So anytime you're singing Father Abraham, man, it's a, that was a good night. You know, it, that started before me. That was done back in, so in 2006 and 2007, when Bethel won conference championships, uh, to shorten the story, essentially, you know, in that summer camp before 2006, the coach at the time, Mike Moore, and one of his assistants, you know, they said, hey, we're going to, 
know, however that happened, they decided they're going to sing Father Abraham. It was like a team building thing that they had done at camp. And it turns out they, you know, they hadn't been that they hadn't been very good previous to that. Well, they won their first game, seeing Father Abraham, and you know, the story goes they won two conference championships. And so then when Bethel fell on rough times in the late, you know, in the 2008, 9, 10, 11, all that, all that stuff, you know, it just wasn't cool. And, you know, they'd win one game a year and no, no one would want to do it. Well, when I got hired at my press conference, you know, one of the ladies that was there, um, man, just, just such a great lady and such a great family, um, Helen Noctigal is her name. And she, she, she talked to me after. She goes, hey, if you, you know, if you guys win, are you going to sing Father Abraham again? And, of course, you know, I'm like, well, absolutely we are you know i didn't even really know exactly how big a deal that was and you know being a young being a brand new college football coach i didn't know if we could win the game or not anyway <laughs> absolutely you know so <laughs> anyway so we didn't even practice it to be honest with you it just kind of happened naturally so we won that one we won our first game in 2018 and man everybody the whole team and the whole crowd everybody went crazy was singing father abraham and you know, now it's such a big part of our program and with social media, you know, and I speak at clinics all the time and I would see all the coaches like, hey, you're the Father Abraham guy. And I'm like, yes, I am. I'm the Father Abraham guy. So, you know, that's been pretty cool. And we tie that in, you know, FCA and 3D coaching is such a big part of our program. And, you know, we're able to tie in some biblical principles with that, too, that we do as a program that, hey, anyone out there, I'd love to share that with you outside of this if that's something you're interested in. But but certainly, it's uh, it's pretty cool and it makes us unique. So, man, we embrace it. It's on our home jerseys now, and uh, I think it's uh, we're I can I can safely say we're the only team at any level in the country of any sport singing Father Abraham after a win. I can almost guarantee that, <laughs> Coach. I, I appreciate you taking the time out tonight uh, to, to talk to us. Always, always love talking to you. Can't wait to watch some Flexbone come the fall. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Well, we uh, like I said. Our families truly appreciate you. Um, uh, our players appreciate you, and you guys are doing a fantastic job. So, um, man, I know uh, NEI football is lucky to have you covering us, and I know everybody appreciates it. And I know you get re- you get jazzed all the time for your picks, all right. But hey, man, that's the nature of the beast, right? When you when you when you have to step up and pick somebody, you're going to make half of them mad. So stay at, stay at it. I'm proud of you guys, and uh, can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this double interview episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast powered by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast and to our YouTube channel and leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head on over to patreon.com forward slash NAIF Ball and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.